Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone, welcome to part two of the Stompcast. I'm here with Tasha, we're in uh, beautiful Greenwich Park, having a wander. It's a lovely day. Are yeah. you alright, Tasha? You doing alright? Yeah. Your good. legs strong, keeping alright. We've done a couple of hills, you know, it's just yeah. stretched out a little bit, you know, but we've, got we've a done well. Got sweat on as well. Got a bit of sweat, yeah, it's always good to get sweat. <laughs> Monday sweat is great. So if you've got your sweat on like us, don't you worry, you sweat away, people. It's fine. <laughs> when you get moving, out stomping, be proud of it. We're about to get stuck into the stomp this week, but I'd first like to chat about our sponsors, Fitflop, who are helping me to move better with supportive, comfortable, and scientifically tested footwear. Now, after I've been on a good long stomp, I don't want to take my Fitflops off and put on a subpar pair of slippers after being so comfortable. Luckily for us, Fitflop have thought about this and have an amazing range of slippers and slides that are perfect for lounging around the house. Their range of men and women's slippers have contoured footbeds and are made with incredibly soft materials to make sure your feet feel great. I can't vouch for the women's shoe-shearling slides myself, but wow, they look like absolute heaven to slip into after a stomp. They have triple-density micro-wobble technology, which basically means they absorb shock and diffuse underfoot pressure. There you go, micro-wobbled. What a dream! And for men's, there's plenty to choose from, including the amazing eye cushion technology, ultra light, super sleek cushioning that's ergonomically shaped for all day comfort. So if you've upped your stomping game, but your slipper game is weak, head over to fitflop.com. Right, we've been chatting a little bit about yeah. your experience with hearing and growing up. Um, you were born into a family with hearing, no, no hearing issues in the family, is that right? Yeah. And so you had to not only adapt as a person, but your family had to adapt to oh, challenges yeah. that you had. Can you tell us a little bit about, about your hearing, when it was kind of diagnosed that you had mm. impaired hearing and what your experiences were growing up? So I was born completely deaf in both ears and they found out when I was 12 months old. And how they found out, I wasn't responding to squeaky toys or sounds. So that's my mum and dad kind of said, okay, let's take her to the hospital. And that's when they found out. And I received a cochlear implant on my right ear when I was five. Mm -hmm. The reason why I didn't get to was because it was to see if it would work on me. And then I got offered my second one when I was a teenager, but I said no because I was fine with one. Um, I was made up A-levels and yeah. it'd just be too much going on. Um, so growing up was, it was a journey for sure and I think my journey was very, um, it was hard because my family also had to learn how to adjust to me as well and I'd, I have a brother as well and even my brother found it hard because my parents had to really put a lot of attention on me mm -hmm. to get to where I am now and that affected my brother massively because he felt like he wasn't getting all the love from my parents so it was tough growing up because it was new for them as well and they never have dealt with that situation mm. before and for me it was hard because sometimes some scenarios they wouldn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling or why I'd be so upset sometimes and 
you know, growing up was kind of, it was tough mentally. You know, my mental health wasn't great growing up. I wasn't always this confident person. I always lash out my parents sometimes, blame them for making me deaf. And that's the kind of, yeah, it's hard. And I think a lot of people think, you know, I've always been this girl that's just being strong and confident. I haven't. Um, so yeah, in high school, I was the only deaf person in the whole school. So I was always comparing myself in such a negative way to other people and kind of putting so much pressure on myself, just, you know, saying, why have I got this? Why am I deaf? You know, why have I got a cochlear implant? You know, nobody else does. So being in school, when you're the only person like that, it can really take a toll on, on you because mm. not everyone understands what it's like. Mm. And in school, you're not really taught that having... You know, I quote my superpower because I just feel empowered by it yeah. when I say it. And yeah, we're not really taught that having superpowers is okay. Yeah. I kind of felt a bit segregated when I was in school. I didn't really do you have mean anyone. That physic- do you mean that you were t- kind of your lessons were different, or do you think the way you were treated, or what do you mean by segregated? Um, I would say just I got a little bit. I got a little bit bullied in school. Ugh. Cyberbullied a little bit. Um, and it could affect you so much as well, can't it? Oh yeah, massively. It massively, even to this day now, mm. it massively affects me still. You know, when you go through, cyberbullying is so different because it's, you know, behind a keyboard, but it can still get to you. In some ways, it's worse, is it? Is it worse, do you think? Actually, growing up, I mean, it's hard. you're at home, sat there, you're seeing stuff people are writing. I mean, imagine, imagine in some ways, maybe harder, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard because online, isn't it? You don't know sometimes who's behind it or who's saying these things, you know, fake accounts and all those kind of situations. I think in school I did have the right kind of support, but it wasn't support in terms of what I needed to feel like I was included. It was more the support of, okay, if you need a note taker, I can give you a note taker, that kind of thing. Okay, so like almost like tick boxing rather than necessarily inclusion. Yes, exactly that. And I think it was after school, that's whenever you started to shoot. You know, that's when I started to find my rings and started to fly. So I went to performing arts college after that. That was kind of like the period, the transitional for me. Okay, I was still dealing with a lot of things, but I started to transition into, okay, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to be open. Mm. It's okay to talk about my cochlear implant. And being in that atmosphere, I felt really supported mm. and no one judged me. And then I went on to Creative Academy where I studied um, dance uni. And that's where I kind of went shoot. Like, that's when I started to, you know, fly. So was there a change in, like, did you notice in yourself that, was, there, was that when the kind of confidence started coming through, you think? Massively. That's where it started to really come out of me. And, you know, Creative Academy, I always thank them to this day because they really got me where I am now. And Shout out to them then. Yeah, massively. And, you know, in the first and second year, you know, being a dancer, my cochlear implant used to fall out. And I used to get frustrated. I used to walk out, like, punch doors. But the teachers were so patient with me because they knew. How frustrating it must be. Yeah. yeah. Well, they, they don't, obviously, they didn't know. They can, no one could yeah. know. But they could see this person is frustrated because clearly yeah. it's affecting their ability to do what they want to do. Yeah. And, there was this one time in third year, so my last year, and one of my best friends, Josh, is choreographer, and he's teaching a class. And there's like hundreds of people watching who we were in a group of five, dance at the end. My cochlear implant fell out halfway through, 
I carried on. Mm. I still in time with the music. That's amazing. I just carried on. Because how did you... Okay, so there's obviously nothing like it, but I was doing the range before when we were actually live and mm. my earpiece fell out. Now that really distracted me. How did you kind of, A, keep in time but carry on when it's something that is, core, I'm guessing, quite core to your ability to be aware? Is that, is that Yeah, true? something in me said, just keep going. I don't know what it was. I just remember being in a moment and something in me was like, Tasha, keep going, don't stop. And I think that's the moment I've been wow. waiting for. And the fact that I carried on and didn't give up, that's when I really started to have this fire mm. in my belly. That's when I started to really flourish. And that's when, okay, like it fell out. Did I stop? No, I kept going. Hats I didn't off let to you. it that's stop amazing. me. That is amazing. To kind of have that kind of like, do you know what? This is. This is this. The, I mean, it's like your worst nightmare when I, I've never been someone to be on stage. But your worst nightmare, I'd imagine, is something going wrong. You get the lines wrong, or whatever. Something like that could throw you so easily. I imagine when you're trying to keep time and stuff. I'm no dancer, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no dancer, but keeping time is hard enough as it is. So yeah, wow, that's like, incredible. I feel the music from there, the bass and the vibrations. It's like give you timing and stuff. Yeah, so I can really feel it through my feet, and that's how. I kept going without being out of time because yeah. I can, you know, loudspeakers, yeah. I can really feel it. And that's why I love music so much. I can just feel it in my bones. Yeah. It's just like my, it's my freedom space. Well, that's a good, I've maybe a nice segue for us to talk about how are we here because we talk about hearing loss and sensory neural, so like nerves, isn't it? And then conductive, which is kind of the inner, the bones of the ear. We've got three, three yeah. bones in the ear that are involved in conduction. And then we conduct quite a lot through our mastoid as well, kind of behind our ear. But we can feel, we kind of feel sound, don't we, through our yeah. bodies as well. It's like people feel bass. I mean, obviously some of those vibrations will pass through and be picked up by our auditory yeah. systems. And, you know, we're not going to go into hearing loss as a, 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 in terms of like all the causes, because there are many and people yeah, have a different time of life. You can have some trauma like my brother's had. We've got damage to the actual drum. You can have it, even infections and stuff can damage yeah. uh, hearing and, and so on. But I think specifically, I, I think I'd like to dig into it with you, what it's, what it's like to grow up not having, like, I always try to imagine it, like imagine being born without a sense. You've got to, you're kind of like, well, what is it like to, to have that? And then did you have that retrospective view once you then gained, with, with the implant you gained that sense mm. was there kind of like a retrospective grief or almost or did you feel well actually i didn't miss it as much as i thought i was i don't know i know it's an odd question really yeah but you'd imagine think, like when people lose it later in life you knew what it was like does that, does that make yeah, sense yeah i think for me because i was born with it i never know what it's going to be like to be hearing you know i hear from the implant not my actual ear that's the difference mm -hmm. so the microphone is on the implant and that's where i hear sounds from so i think for me i never will understand well, it's like, whereas people mm. lose their hearing later on in life, mm -hmm. what I heard before, it'd be such yes. a different experience. Right. Whereas for me, because I was born deaf, and I was so young, I was five years old, so I don't really remember much at that time. Yeah. But my dad, my mum and dad always say, the first switch on, I screamed. I screamed. And that's very common. I hear that's yeah. very common, isn't it? Because people find it such an overload of a sensory yeah. stimulus of something that you've not had simulated. Yeah. That must have been scary for them, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they were expecting you to be like, oh God, this is amazing. You're like, ah. Yeah, I literally used <laughs> like, mum and dad, like, you did not like it at all. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's my first experience when I turned it on. Eventually, everything sounded robotic. Because I had a re-operation when I was 16 because my cock implant broke on the inside. So I'd have a whole new re-implant. I couldn't hear for a good six months because mm -hmm. I couldn't have an mm -hmm. operation um, until a bit later on. And afterwards, I had to let my ear heal. Yeah. 
So, yeah, like the lifespan is like literally 15, 16 years. And obviously there's loads of different types of cochlear implants as well, not just one. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm registered with Medal. That's who my cochlear implant is registered with. So there's loads of different type of ones out there you can have um, that's suited for you. Do you, should we talk a little bit about the difference? Because I think people mix yeah. hearing aids with implants mm -hmm. quite a bit. Do you want to talk, talk about that? Yeah, so hearing aids um, is so different to cochlear implants. The hearing aid amplifies sounds, makes things louder around you. And the difference with cochlear implant is actually, cochlear implant is surgically done. So surgery takes about seven to eight hours. And it's a very complicated, I'm sure as you know. It is very complicated. Very complicated yeah. procedure. And best way to explain it, explain it, you've got external and internal part. So the external is the cochlear implant, which I wear behind my ear, it's the earpiece. And it's a transmitter, you know, picks up sounds, goes through the wire, the magnet connects the coil inside my head, and that's what activates cochlear implant. And every sound that bypasses, so it transmits. So basically the sound travels, transmits into sounds, and it's so clever, and the implant inside recognises it as sounds, and that's when it send, sends signals to the brain. Yeah, yeah. it's so, incredible, isn't it? It kind of yeah. it translates almost that yeah, into a signal that the actual auditory nerve then picks up, doesn't it, and then tells your brain. It is, you, sometimes you, you step back and think, geez, humans do terrible things. You think, well, what's going on in the world? But also humans do amazing things, don't they? Yeah. Like, how incredible is it that someone designed that? Okay. Just so, incredible, isn't it? It's hard to get your head around in some ways. Yeah, to think that you're hearing, it's not like almost it's come back, it's kind of, you're giving a new way of hearing. That's how I see it as, because it's not, I'm not hearing from my ear, but it's giving me a new way to hear. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see it. So that's why it's so different to hearing aid, because it's not surgically done and it just amplifies things around you. Um, so that's why hearing aids will never benefit me or can't mm. use hearing yeah. aids. Because yeah, so it's, it's a different root cause of the problem, basically. Yeah. So without going into this, different, different, different situations, isn't it? But it's important to know that difference because Mm -hmm. fundamentally the the way they work is very different and also your experience as a person who has to have the surgery and then they've got a lifespan obviously yeah um do you when is yours like due to change so I've got, this one has now 16 24 yeah. now so maybe another 10 years yeah. Yeah. yeah um it's just how it is you know i remember it just broke and i was like in the middle of my a levels as well mm. oh so i started on my first a levels in my second year um, so yeah, that's a bit of a tough time. Then. How, how, so you've, you went without hearing. You then have been given yeah. a, you know, your hearing through this device. That then breaks. What is it like having to have a period of time without it? Because you're allowing healing and all this. Like, that must be hard. Yeah, I think... Taking it away from you kind of thing. Yeah, and I never left the house. You know, I just really? wanted to stay in, yeah. This is A-level time? Yeah. 17-ish? Yeah, I was really frustrated because... God, you know, that's awful. And how, how's your mental health at that time? Must have been. Oh, it massively went downhill. You know, it's during my birthday as well. And I remember me and my friends had came around to have a little birthday party, and I couldn't hear anything. And I just remember all night I was just crying. I was just upset because I didn't. I felt so not included in conversations, and that's what it just felt like. I felt so isolated because I went from having a cochlear implant, rid of my A levels. I was doing so well. And then to all of a sudden being told, look, you're not going to have it for like six, four to six months because my operation wasn't for another two months. But there's no point wearing it because it's broken. And after the operation, I have to let it heal. So it was hard because when they, basically you have, you have another switch on. And I remember everything sounded robotic and I was panicking. Because obviously when I was five, I didn't remember that. 
And I was panicking. I was like, Mom, is it always going to sound like this? She said, no, no, eventually it trains and yeah. it changes. So, yeah, I just remember that that time was like... God. It's, yeah. Do you know when you said earlier on that people thought it wasn't a real disability? That makes you really angry inside and think, hear yeah. that, your experience of that. I think people just need to think before they speak sometimes, you know, like educate themselves. But this is why you're doing what you're doing. And I think it's, it's amazing what you're doing. I hope that anyone um, that's been listening to this will, will have found A, that it's helpful and, and I'm sure will have gained a lot of insight. If you want to see more information, guys, I'll leave um, some links in the show notes bef- below so that people can look into it and, and, and read a bit more. Because I think education is key. So has that really, you said at the start, that's kind of helped you, mm. coming out of this has helped you kind of really focus and mm-hmm. it sounds like a feeling of purpose, is that, is that fair? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you know, going on the show, I really put myself in a vulnerable position because I had no idea how people were going to react and, you know, regardless, I went on the show for a reason. It's given me this platform now to use my platform for the good mm. and that's what I want to do. So. I'm very grateful that it's given me this platform now to serve my purpose and to share, keep continuing sharing my stories and, you know, there's so much work that still needs to be done. Whilst on a show, I received a lot of ableism. Um, you know, there's a lot of comments, such things as taking a look at how I speak, my voice, which I can't help because mm-hmm. cocker and plant, it's just how, how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of comments where people just said, you know, I just want to rip out her hearing aid, obviously said the Kieran age not cock home plant and <sighs> so coming off so the show nasty. was a bit like okay so this is kind of the reaction that how have you on it like, honestly how have you found that I mean because that is that's for anyone having said something about them is horrible mm. to feel that someone's using something against you is really really difficult yeah it's hard don't get me wrong I think luckily luckily enough I've got quite thick skin to be mm. kind of like okay that's your opinion but you don't know who I am and tv shows so edited to the point that people forget we're literally humans and TV is TV. It, it must be hard because, mm. you know, you've come out for a few months. You, you're not aware when you're in there, are you, what people are saying, so you come out and see it. And it yeah. takes a long time to process that, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, you know, the way I see it, I feel sorry for the people that said that because mm. I would never stoop that low to that level to troll someone like that. And the way I see it, it's given me that motivation to do better for my community and to work harder because it goes to show there's still so much work that needs to be done and it goes to show that kids get bullied because of being deaf or wearing a cocker implant and, you know, trolls are trolls, obviously coming out, we are going to have to deal with that anyway. And, yeah, at first it was hard. It was hard to accept that mm. because, you know, I've had it quite hard in the video as well, being a bottom three quite a lot. And the reason why I was so upset was because... I felt like I wasn't doing my job. I felt like I wasn't, yeah. I get a bit emotional still, oh, but... It's horrible, isn't it? It's tough, but people, yeah. people can be so horrible, can't they? Ah, oh, bless you, come on. They can be horrible, can't they? I said you know, I was like, not gonna cry. No, <laughs> it's, but it's an emotional thing to talk about, isn't it? It is, it's hard, isn't it? And especially when people judging you. I mean, I, I can't compare it to that, but hmm. I mean, I had people, what I had was people say about my skin. So I was taking, yeah. um, a medication for acne and it made my skin really sensitive to the sun so even when I was in fact 50 I was burning so badly and people you know even actually some famous people were saying oh like his face makes you feel sick like he's so yeah. burnt his skin is disgusting and stuff like that and it affects you doesn't it yeah. like even if we're thick thick skinned with things excuse the pun it still hurts you doesn't it yeah mm. oh yeah like deep down it's well, still 
how do you, how, how are you now? Like, are you, I, obviously you're emotional, it's completely normal to that, but how are you? Are you fine, are you okay? Like, how are you finding it? Is it hard at the moment? Um, I think, you know. Asking that generally, forget the podcast. I'm <laughs> asking that, how, how are you? I'm fine, like, I'm good. Um, don't get me wrong, I have my down days. You know, I think it's such an adjustment, it's also overwhelming. Yeah. But, you know, like I say to Andrew, I'm so, I have so much love and support yeah. and so much positivity and I really focus myself on those things and like of course I am glad my down days I'm human like just because I've come off a TV show does it mean this I'm this TV personality or anything like that I'm still this normal girl who grew up from Dursk you know small town countryside so I think coming out has been tough but also amazing at the same time because I've had so many amazing opportunities. I've now got the platform to do what I want to do. And it's so, been a mix of both. It's a double-edged sword. I still find, I, I, God, I don't know, a couple of years down the line of it and whatever, but it is a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because the thing that makes it amazing yeah. is also the poison, yeah. if that makes sense. I think it's kind of the double-edged thing. So I, I, I mean, I don't know, what do I, what do I know really? But I think kind of creating that space that you care about, investing your time yeah. in that space and as much as possible, allowing other things to just kind of, don't worry about other people doing, yeah. don't compare, whatever. Like if someone else is doing, I don't know, they're doing some TV show or whatever it is, like that's great for them. Yeah. But like not losing yourself amongst that because people, there's always chatter and noise and there's people talking. And yeah. I think as long as you get up each day, you know what you care about. Yeah. That's the main thing. And I often think with people that troll, the thing, I actually think it's really sad because yeah. the nastier the thing someone says, the more I know that they're hurting. Yeah, it's true. So it comes from a place, you will only say something nasty to someone else. And you're feeling a certain type of if way. If you feel a certain way. It's like, you know, people, and this is, this is meant in a business sense, but I think it actually applies quite well. People doing better than you in a certain field will very rarely turn around and bash you down. Mm -hmm. It's the people that feel that you're doing well or something different that want to drag you down. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know whether that's useful yeah. advice or not, but that's, that's what I've kind of realised. Yeah, and I think that's why I say I don't, I let it, if anything, give me, give me that fire to do better and it lifts me up in a way of like, I don't let it bring me down. And I don't go looking for it as well, you know, the trolling. Well, I think you're very, I think you're very inspiring with it. So, you know, it's, Yeah, it's... if you go looking for it, that's when you're going to really, that's when you're... Do you have Twitter? Delete Twitter, that's what I'd say. Do you? <laughs> I delete, that's a great, and that's Twitter a great, is, great is Twitter's a great place to, to come, that's a great offloading. Do you know, I, I kind of, I was like, oh, should I delete it? Shall I not? Eventually I got rid of it and I realised, I've quickly realised, same with friendships as well, have the things around you that you actually value. If it's Mm -hmm. hurting you or it's affecting you get rid of it and in terms of everyone yeah. listening as well like if you see twitter and it triggers you delete it if instagram d d triggers you delete, delete it, it. like yeah. your social media should serve a purpose for you and what you're doing like you and like the representation that you're doing the campaign the education yeah. me with my mental health advocacy like it could actually be as well you just want to go on there and laugh at cats that's fine if you love cats <laughs> if you love cats and they make you laugh you love dogs that's fine use instagram the point is, whatever whatever reason you go on, it should serve a, a purpose. Yeah. You know, and I, 
I just think you, in this world at the moment where everyone has so many opinions, so much noise, mm-hmm. you have to have those boundaries, don't you? Yeah. To protect yourself. Exactly. And I think, you know, things I say about the trolls as well is, you know, I always say this to my friends, my family, if they were to sit down with me and have a coffee or have a tea with me, they wouldn't say those things to my face. If anything, they actually might sit down and go, she's actually a nice girl. You know, I will tell you, most people who say things like that, if you sat down and you spoke to them, they would feel very horrendous about mm. the things that they've said. Because, again, most I do believe there are a percentage of people who are generally nasty people out there. Yeah, there are nasty people out there. But for most people, hate comes from a place of ignorance and insecurity. Yeah, that's why, again, I think education look at mental health. I mean. Mental health is still pretty stigmatized and people oh, yeah. feel a great deal of shame. I mean, medication stigma is a huge thing, but it comes from a place of not understanding. It's not that people generally are nasty about it, I don't think, deep down. It's that ignorance. Yeah. But I think we have responsibility ourselves as well, that when you don't know, don't hate, learn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How, how important has Andrew been going through this? Um, big support, is he? Andrew's honestly been so supportive. I think we're both in the same boat together and it's nice that we both can be there for each other yeah you know we you know andrew's been me and andrew been feeling kind of similar emotions you know it's been a lot for him as well he's from a small line in guernsey he only had like 800 followers on instagram we had a thousand between us for him it's a whole new world as well do you um, know how to post stories <laughs> he actually did. That's probably didn't. So you probably really didn't know how to do that. Bless that him. That was, that was he didn't know how to use TikToks. So I've been doing his TikToks for him. Have you? <laughs> you sorting them out on the old TikTok. Um, so yeah, I think because we're both in it together, we can both be our support systems. And what I love about Andrew is that he really understands me as a person, and he knows how sensitive I can be. But he likes that. But we've got a really nice balance with each other. Yeah. He's very calm, whereas I'm very sensitive yeah. i can get quite stressed quickly yeah. whereas andrew can make things that down it's a nice balance seeing in yeah i think to people the sum of people generally you have like a cocktail don't you, you yeah. mix different cocktails together you'll get different like results don't you so if yeah. you kind of have someone you need both don't you in some yeah. ways. and it really helps to have someone to, to kind of calm you as well definitely you've been so open in this the whole episode so far actually but especially in this part so i really appreciate you talking thank you you know i think it's so important to talk and be open and this is probably the first time i actually properly spoke about that yeah well and i mean yeah. thank you thank you i think i'm certain everyone all the stompers listening will will yeah you'll have moved them i'm sure you certainly moved me so i really appreciate <laughs> you sharing that thank you. Thank you once again to Fitflop for sponsoring this episode and making sure our feet are looked after whether we're wandering in the woods or lounging by the fire after a hard stomp. Head over to fitflop.com to check out Fitflop's outdoor shoes and trainers as well as the slippers and slides. I hope you've um, enjoyed the second part, guys, and I don't know if that's the right word, but I'm certainly sure you found it empowering. Have a listen to part three if you're ready now. If not, then I'll see you whenever you're ready for another stomp. See you soon, guys. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 